One of the burning questions that has driven me for a lot of my lifetime mm-hmm. has been a kind of a duality of how do I discover myself? I don't know who I am. And how do I reach some level of perfection? How do, how do, how do I move forward? How do, how do I get there? For some reason, I've been driven very strongly to pursue wanting to be the best I can in whatever that means, wanting to be great, wanting to be more than ordinary, wanting to be significant, that my life... I think it's, it's, I have the sense that I want my life to be worthwhile and meaningful. I think meaning perhaps is, is, the, is the, more correct, the more correct way of describing it. I want meaning and I want meaning... I suppose maybe I'm an, I'm an extreme. I want meaning in every moment. I think for me, meaning is not just uh, something which I can have on the back of my mind and then get on with the the process of living life. The rest of the time, I, I always want meaning. I want meaning. I want to, everything to be meaningful. I always want to strive to figure out what that meaning is and and where it comes from. And it's a struggle because. That pursuit of meaning can be, it can be, um, that pursuit of meaning can be frustrating, can be frustrating, and it can cause a lot of, uh, a lot of internal disruptions. Um, funnily enough, that pursuit of meaning has often led me to to become self-involved and instead of becoming transcendent just to become egocentric and instead of being able to get out of myself just get more inside myself as I I become more and more obsessed with my meaning, my progression, my growth and it's ironic that this pursuit of transcendence can paradox Unfortunately, become a a source of self-indulgence, and people get ignored in my own pursuit of whatever I'm pursuing. So I want to I want to refer to some of the wise words of the the Ramchal Moshe Chaim Tzato, and see how he deals with some of these issues. And the first thing I think which is important to recognize as we as we and it's together as we go on this journey of of self discovery. And self discovery from a spiritual perspective is way more than just knowing who I am. Because I imagine in a world of world of meaninglessness where my being on this earth 
is accidental and my contribution is incidental and my existence or lack thereof is essentially irrelevant. So knowing myself is just a consequence of another irrelevant accumulation of facts. It's not very fulfilling and satisfying. In a world where there's design and purpose, and I'm here for a very specific mission, and I'm here to contribute in a very specific way based on an accumulation and a utilization to the nth degree of all the strengths and the opportunities that I've been given. So in that context, knowing myself becomes an imperative necessity for moving forwards. Also, knowing the spiritual nature of my environment becomes important. You know, what kind of, what kind of spiritual atmosphere am I plunged into around about the time of my birth? What, what, what is it? Is it supportive? Is it hostile? Is it um, encouraging? Is it undermining this earthly realm? What kind of spiritual climate exists within it and how do I respond to it? Because without that knowledge, I'm going to, you know, if I think it's, it's, it's calm and serene and supportive, I'm going to, I'm going to jump into it. If I think it's cold and icy and hostile, I'm going to put in the coat and, and, and be a lot more, I suppose, uh, prepared for the sleet of earthly existence. So the Ramchal, he puts across a very, very accurate or perceptive picture of the plight of me and you in this world. And he describes it as this place is for spiritual development extremely distracting. It's almost as if the environment is rigged to completely get us off course, distract us, distance us, and almost seduce us to let go of the pursuit of purpose and to making meaning of the moment. And as a result, we're inevitably locked in an internal battle from the day that we regain or that we gain the capacity to think, to process and to struggle, to strive from that moment of recognition of my conscious self and I suppose it's ongoing when I come to terms with the responsibility that I have to navigate my own life and to make the steps required to move forward I suddenly recognize that the environment around me is probably going to pull me away from that process. And that the distractions are many. And that the battle rages from within and from without. So, For example, for example, One of the ways of self-discovery, of going inside of myself, is finding authenticity, genuine devotion to reality and to truth. Being honest. Honesty. Now, the problem is, honesty is something which is difficult to manifest when there are temptations which distract me from it. What kind of temptations are there? Well, there's a lure of ill-gained wealth. 
just as much as a part of me which wants to be honest with integrity and not to lie and not to manipulate, there's another part of me which wants to have the comfort and the security of wealth. And when an opportunity arises, that all I have to do is sign my signature to a document and no one will ever find out, and I'll get $10,000 for it, it creates conflict. There's a pull. And there's a pull that says, listen, it's not going to hurt anyone, just do it. It may not be the most honest thing in the world, but listen, you need the money, you need it to support your family, and boom, locked in mortal battle with myself. The environment supports, encourages, provides the context of fighting. Now, that's an interesting way of looking at the world. It's a war, and I'm a warrior. It's a war, and I'm a warrior. If it's a war, and I'm a warrior, step number one is to identify who am I fighting with? Who's my opponent? Because if I can't identify the enemy, I'm going to really have a hard time meeting up to the challenge and vanquishing him. So there's a fascinating analogy to this. The patriarch, the spiritual benefactor, the, the founding father of, of our spiritual tradition, Yaakov, is also called Israel. Israel. Not only Jacob, but Israel. And the reason why he's given the name of Israel is because he had a battle. He had a battle. He has this battle. He has this battle with some kind of spiritual force. It sounds like it was a spiritual battle. And he wrestles. And the fact that he wrestles is also a fascinating form of combat. There are many ways of, there are many forms of combat. There's boxing. You could duel with swords, karate, tai chi, if you're both really old. Of course, that battle may have taken quite long. Pushing hands. Why wrestling? See, wrestling is, this, is an intimate form of ironic connection where you're hugging the other person, literally. And that's such an interesting metaphor of the struggle between good and evil. The struggle between good and evil is we embrace the opponent, but in that embrace, he's trying to topple me and I'm trying to pin him down. And as I wrestle with him, he's looking for my weak points and I'm looking for his. And this battle ensues and it's neck on neck. And it's exciting, but it's also terrifying. And eventually, in a moment of triumph, he pins him down. And his opponent, this force of evil, calls out to Yaakov and he says, What's your name? What's your name? He says, Well, my name is, my name is Yaakov. He says, No longer shall your name be Yaakov to be Israel, because you have striven with men and gods and you have triumphed. Triumph. Sorisa. Im elokim v'adam v'tuchal. And you've been able to triumph despite... So, it's the name of triumph. 
And then he says back to this force. And he says, then what's your name? Now the search for that name is, a name is a way of identifying, identifying who my opponent is. So when Yaakov asks for the name, he's trying to say, who am I fighting? Who's my opponent? What am I trying to struggle against? And the reply is, Why are you asking my name? Yaakov says, what's your name? The reply is, why are you asking my name? Simple reading would suggest, Yaakov is saying, what's your name? And this force refuses to answer. Deeper reading, Yaakov asks for the person's name, the force's name, and the force replies, my name is, this is my name, my name is, don't ask my name, don't ask who I am, don't identify, don't delve. And in doing so, he releases the secret of the struggle that we so often confront. And that is that the force that opposes us and tries to suppress us, that tries to pin us down to deprive us of recognizing our spiritual grandeur and achieving what we can in life, that force is a force that would operate in the fog and the mist and elude, sorry, avoid definition. Why would you ask my name? Don't ask my name. Don't ask questions. And now this is a fascinating thing that I, I don't know, I can relate to and if you can relate to it. You know, as you, as you go older, your metabolism slows down. Which means you stop eating, you don't need to eat as much to run your body. And when you eat more than you need to, so then, your body starts to change shape. Um, bulges occur in unexpected places. And your belt starts to act as a, a little bit like a wave breaker, stopping the onslaught of a former six-pack as it barrels over onto the front of your shirt. And that's something which I'm confronting as I advancing age and I recognize that not only that but your muscle mass starts to disappear and it's replaced with fat not good so as you get older your, your, your maintenance requirements for your body have to be kind of hyped up and therefore I have to be way more concerned about what I'm eating than I did when I was a wild youth or even just a youth it happened to be wild, but wasn't didn't affect my nutritional plan. So, so, so now when I'm confronted by a waffle prior to dinner, and dinner is salad, lentils, chickpeas, tofu, kind of stuff that's you want to eat, and then in front of it, there's a waffle, and the waffle is speaking to me saying, come to me. Come to me. I have your best interests at heart. You need me in your time.
Ami. So, if at that point in time I would say, okay, um, step back, say, what's going on over here? Well, here you can have um, sugar, white flour, which, you know, is going to be way too much for your body to process, and also it's inflammatory and not recommended. Would you like that? And on the other hand, you can have, you know, a series of highly nutritious foods which are not going to negatively impact your health and that's going to be good for you. So what is it that you'd like? So in that moment of realization, I say, well, obviously I'm not going to sabotage myself by eating the waffle. But the problem is that question never gets asked. This is how it works. I come home and there's supper, as defined previously. And there's waffle, as defined previously. And I come home and... Very shortly after arriving home, there's no waffle and there's only salad. And the reason for that is the waffle has already transported itself to the depths of my bowels. How did that happen? Well, the reason is because there was no, there's no questions being asked over there. Meaning I left myself be vague and there was some vague notion of this may be unhealthy and there was some kind of vague response to it doesn't really matter if it's just one. I don't know if any of you have heard that it just doesn't matter if it's, it doesn't matter if it's just one. Uh, it does. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. It does. Now, I'm going to tell you this. And tonight I'm going to come home and there's going to be a waffle. And do you know what's going to happen? Most probably exactly the same thing. And the reason is not because I think waffles are healthy and they're going to help me. It's because I don't ask the question. And the reason why I do so many things in my life which are self-destructive is not because I say to myself hey let's do something self-destructive now hey how about that let's let's like let me do some self-harming no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to self-harm I want to be happy and whole and wholesome so what is it what prompts me to to engage in in negative destructive behavior well I tell you what I tell you what, what, what nothing 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 I just don't think about it it just kind of encroaches on me and next thing I know it's done uh, very often afterwards, I say, oh, I don't know why I did that. I actually don't know why I did that. One second, well, if you don't know why you did that, so is there someone here that can tell me why you did that? <laughs> if you don't know why you, who, well, the truth is, I do know why I did that. I know why I did that. I did that because I like the texture of waffles. I like the taste of waffles. I like the feeling of waffles as they descend down my gullet. Um, but I also don't like the nutritional consequences of waffles. I don't like the sense of inability to control myself. I don't like the long-term impact on my health. So why does one win against the other? Well, the answer is because there's never a question being asked. So we are in a hostile spiritual environment. Translation. We're in an environment where the distractions are many, the seductions are all over the show. And the hostility is exacerbated or the distraction is increased by the fact that an unprocessed life will most likely lead to self-destruction. Maybe not self-destruction in the ultimate sense of the word, but certainly a quantitative and qualitative reduction of self. It will be very hard for me to excel in spiritual grandeur by leaving myself in default setting. I'll probably like rise to below mediocrity. And I'll be a kind of a good guy. Kind of good guy.
functional, you know, family, kids, car, garden. Get on with it. But in terms of recognizing some level of greatness of self, some power to transcend and to utilize the raw material of my life as a catalyst for ultimate immortal transition into the contribution to the world and transforming people and myself and contributing in the deepest possible way to assisting and helping the lives of others. Probably not. Probably more about getting the next Netflix series and like sitting on my couch and watching it. And then what? And then what? Well, then there's always another series. And then what? And just kind of going through the the by road of life. And in a certain way that's a sacrifice of the inner self to the nth degree. And in the spiritual perspective, the world was designed to create that trap because the world is a war and the first admission of defeat is not recognizing that we're in a battle and thinking that we're in a place of peace because then we let down all resistance and when we let down all resistance we are already vanquished we have lost it when we recognize when I wake up in the morning and I'm bristling with enthusiasm to engage in battle, feeling the satisfaction of self-mastery, then my life becomes a meaningful place to be. But when I wake up in the morning and I think, well, you know, let's kind of go along with it. Things will probably turn out okay. I've lost. I've lost it. I've totally lost it. I don't stand a chance. I don't stand a chance. I'm sitting there and I'm a sitting duck for the... So that's, that's something which the Ramchal puts across as the first step of recognition. Let's define the environment that we're in. The environment that we're in is insanely hostile to spiritual growth. And in order for us to utilize that environment, we have to, first of all, affirm that it's going to be a battle. Will that battle be satisfying to fight? 100%. Will every triumph be extremely exhilarating? 100%. Will my life become worthy, transcendent, powerful? 100%. But it's a fight. But it's a fight. And if I don't go in with a warrior mindset, I'm prey to even the weakest attack and I will be subdued with so little resistance that I don't even realize I've been pinned down in a headlock and I think I'm just having a little bit of a rest. Wake up. Recognize. Fight. Triumph. That's what life's about. Good luck.